September 30, 2018. It's a lot from Pedro Show.
the water marble Two feet high and rising How high's the water, Papa? She said it's two feet high and rising But we can make it to the road in a homemade boat It's the only thing we got left that'll float It's already over all the wheat and oats Two feet high and rising How high's the water, Mama? Three feet high and rise. How high's the water, Papa? She said it's three feet high and rise. Well, the hives are gone, I lost my bees. The chickens are sleeping in the willow trees. The cows in water up past the knees. Three feet high and rising. How high's the water, Mama? Four feet high and rising. How high's the water, Papa? She said it's four feet high and rising. Hey, come look through the window pane. The bus is here, it's gonna take us to the train. Looks like we're gonna be blessed with a little more rain. Four feet high and rising. How high's the water, Mama? Five feet high and rising. How high's the water, Papa? She said it's five feet high and rising. Well, the rails are washed out north of town. We gotta head for higher ground. Can't come back till the water goes down. Five feet high and rising. Well, it's five feet high and rising. Why for Peter show? Happy Sunday, brother Matt. Uh, he was going to do the show with me today, but last minute he had to go help his brother. And you know, there ain't a greater deed you can do except help your brother. So, brother Matt did the right thing. I'll see him Wednesday, probably. Uh, I am not totally man alone, though, because uh, through the engineering miracles of those software cats in Estonia who brought us Skype, I got Mr. William Elliot Whitmore uh, via Skype here on Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, welcome aboard, Will. Hey, I'm sure honored to be here. And you know, you, you, <laughs> you saying helping out your brother, that I like that philosophy. And uh, it reminds me of a a poster I have of yours, it's, it's, uh, I think it's a petty bone drawing, and it says, uh, no arrogant prayers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's a drawing of, and it's a guy hoisting up another guy, and I always just look at that and think, that's the spirit of brotherhood right there. And that's why I chose it. For, it, it was a tour poster, right? Yeah, I think yeah. maybe for the second man. Yep, it was. And, yeah, uh, a I friend just, of mine named... Uh, God, what was his name? He, down in Florida, the, the oldest town, St. Augustine? Yeah, Rob D. Piazza. He, he printed them on a trippy plastic. Yeah, it, it's like shiny, uh, like waterproof. Uh, <laughs> it's going to last. Well, I should tell people we started off with John Coltrane from that lost album they found when he recorded the day before the ballads Johnny Hartman trip. 
Uh, it's called Both Directions Once, and this this tune didn't even have a name. It's untitled original, eleven three eighty six, and then from uh, Will, his new record, Five Feet High and Rising. And uh, Will, I want to talk about your musical journey. What's your your earliest musical recollection? Oh man, I was pretty fortunate to grow up in a musical family, and. Um, some of my earliest memories are listening to records in the living room. We had one of them old console record players, the big giant box thing. Sure. And, uh, and my folks loved country music, so we listened to a lot of Willie Nelson. And uh, their first date was a Charlie Pride show at the county fair, and so they, they loved Charlie Pride. So we listened to a lot of that. And, and um, That's yeah, a trip. So my pop told me about Charlie Pride. You know, he was in the Navy. He was a sailor. He said a lot of them sailors loved Charlie Pride music, but they didn't really know <laughs> kind of everything about Charlie Pride. Beautiful, right. beautiful you know, singer, the, though. And I, I love this stuff. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Navy housing, so I heard a lot. Uh, were your uh, parents players? Well, my dad picked the guitar. He he had an old Sears and Roebuck um piece of junk guitar that he picked around on and my mom played piano uh, upright piano there in the living room ah so you always had instruments there in the living room yeah yeah and so it's it's something interesting you know when they're just around when you're a little kid you, you start to kind of pay attention to them and, and they become these objects of uh fantasy a little bit and when you're when your hands get big enough to wrap around the neck, you know. I don't know if you found that when you started playing bass. If you, yeah. you know, your your hand gets big enough to kind of wrap around it, and and uh, it was hard. Yeah. yeah, they were big strings. For, first, I played a guitar with four strings. I didn't know bass had bigger strings. Because <laughs> arena rock, you were so fucking far away, it was hard to tell, you know. But uh, what what about the idea? Like a lot of times, if there's a piano, the parents say, "Well, I'm going to have my uh, girl or boy take lessons." Yeah, uh, I think my mom offered up lessons, and I, I think I didn't have the discipline for okay. piano. Sure. Um, but uh, looking back, I wish I'd stuck with it. Cause, of course, of course. Uh, you oh. know, when, when it was time to play later, I thought, man, I wish I had more of them fundamentals and stuff. But but that's, you know, I, I had them books. Uh, my dad had, uh, it was Mel Bay. Yeah, Mel, Mel Bay. Bay. That's right. And there was Mel Bay teaches banjo, and Mel Bay teaches right. guitar, and uh, my grandpa played band, picked banjo too, and um, so so that was around too, and, and um, those things I, I just they became objects of fantasy for me, and uh, and boy, hold on tight, you know, once you discover that, I'm sure, it, it's back. So guitar kind of was what you first did. What about at school? Did you get in like the school band or some music classes or choir or something? Yeah, well, I, I started bringing my acoustic guitar to, to school, uh, and we'd pick around during lunch. I went to a kind of a small country school, and we'd pick around during lunch. Um, and the music teacher, uh, Mr. Wilkins, I remember his name was. Uh, they there was a spot to play bass on the uh, for the show choir, you know, where they dance around and do the jazz hands and stuff. Sure. And I never played bass, but uh, I I kind of taught myself bass from there, and and I remember. Uh, he would let me he took let me take the bass rig home for the summer to practice and then that next school year uh, i was the bass player for the school show choir and i had to wear a tuxedo i remember 
a tuxedo that was too small for me. And uh, I, I played the bass in the high school show choir, and, and uh, that was kind of a first taste of Hey, Will, was this electric bass or was this double bass? Uh, this was uh, just electric bass. Okay, okay, because usually when I think of school bands, I, I, I remember here in Pedro, yeah, they were double bass because it was either jazz or kind of classical or maybe swing. But uh, not so much electric bass. That's that's really bitching. Uh, what, what town was this? So this is a little town called Montrose, Iowa, and it's uh, right by the Mississippi River. Um, it's like the southeastern part of Iowa. Sure. Uh, so sure. south of Iowa City, if you know that town at all. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, south of Iowa City, about an hour and a half. I've done buttloads of gigs because the school's there. Black, uh, Hawkeyes. Yeah, in fact, that's funny. I, I saw you at Gabe's. On that's the, right, Gabe's. O- well, now it's just Gabe's, but in the old days it was Gabe's Oasis. <laughs> yeah, with that tricky load in. Uh, <laughs> Those stairs uh, in the back all rusted out. <laughs> but I remember seeing the engine room uh, opera. Oh, you saw yeah. the first opera, okay, with Nels Klein, and or was it with oh, Joe Biza? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. God, that that was a life changing experience. I mean. On that record, you talk about going to early shows and how that influenced you. Well, that show was one of them for me. And uh, so, anyway, yeah, that was old Gabe's. No, but that's trip about music. How it takes turns like that. It's kind of a, a links in the chain to uh, connect us, like a good-looking flannel. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of different threads. You know, I want to play this song, uh, "Country Blues." Okay, I know this record's full of covers. We'll get to that later, but. Um, we're, so we're going to leave off at your early music journey, working the bass at the uh, choir. <laughs> Come on, you good time people, while I've got money to spend, for tomorrow might be Sunday. And I won't have a dollar or a friend Cause when I've got plenty of money, good people My friends all gather around But as soon as my pocketbook is empty Not a friend in this world can be found the last time I seen my woman, good people, she had a wine glass in her hand. She was drinking down her troubles with a low-down sorry man. Come around this old jailhouse and see me, good people. Forty dollars won't pay my fine. Corn liquor's drowning my body. Pretty women been troubling my mind. Well, my mother told me plenty good people. And my father, he told me more. Said if you don't quit your rowdy ways You'll have trouble at your door Well if I had listened to my mother good people 
Well, I wouldn't be here today with that shooting and drinking and gambling. At home, I cannot stay. So go dig a hole in the meadow, good people. Dig it deep in the cold, cold ground. Come gather around you, fine friends, and watch this old scoundrel go down. Restless and sweating and totally wrecking your life. I'm up on a Sunday, so Saturday's open, alright. I'll never regret it or let it become some big fight. I'm up like a rocket, so don't try and stop it tonight. Let them have their fun.
Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away I wonder this time where she's gone I wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone This house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away And I know, 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 I'm gonna leave young thing alone But ain't no sunshine when she's gone Ain't no sunshine when she's gone Only darkness every day Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away Anytime she goes away Anytime she goes away. Some lyrics, some song ideas, or something, and yeah. I like to see them on paper. Yeah, yeah, hard copy. Okay, that was uh, William Elliot Whitmore with Country Blues. Then we had brand new from the Solvents up in the Northwest. Before the, the town gets sold, let's let them have their fun. And then wintering out of England with Berenix. I want to thank Davey from Crime Wolf for that turn on. Alice Bag from down here in SoCal. I believe her. Do you? Uh, Bags was first punk gig me and D. Boone saw uh, in the 70s. Uh, change, uh, talk about changing our life. <laughs> Big time. Uh, um, R04 out of Tokyo with Realize. Uh, Whack Whack Kingdom out of Berlin. That's... Uh, Shige with uh, Sugar Pills, and Alex Junghai, David Maharana, man, I keep fucking his name up, Maranha, sorry, sorry, David, <laughs> uh, Gabriel Ferrandini, these are Portuguese cats, playing with Alex, uh, with Psycho Magic, brand new record, and finally, William Elliot Whitmore with Ain't No Sunshine, which I remember, uh, God, what was that, Solid Rock, Temptations, great, great version there too. Uh, okay, so, yeah, you're playing the electric bass for the school choir. This is like one of your first public gigs? Yeah, yeah, it gave me the taste for, uh, it helped me get over being nervous, playing in front of people, and, and you know, kind of that camaraderie of playing with other people. Sure, and, sure. And I grew up kind of in the middle of nowhere, where I still live now, actually, and so, you know, I was always used to playing by myself, which I, I still do, but, but that was a taste of that... Uh, that camaraderie, the, I mean, you know, you know as well as anyone, boy, that when you lock in with someone, and uh, that was that first taste of that. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Well, I mean, I, I actually got into playing music to be with D. Boone. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of a, a 
yeah, motivation. <laughs> well, let's be let's with hang out. Let's yeah, hang out. that's right. So did so, you do shit like this, like after school, uh, the garage band thing or in the bedroom kind of trip, cellar? Yep, yep. So I started doing doing all that stuff later. Uh, I made a big move. Uh, my, my folks passed away when I was in my teens, and I, I moved to Iowa City, actually, speaking of there. Yep. That was the nearest college town with any culture or anything. Sure. And uh, that's where I, I started getting into exploring more music besides country music. Uh, you know, got getting into, you know, uh, the Descendants and Bad Religion and Minor Threat and, and Minutemen and and, uh, and Public Enemy and, and a little bit of political stuff too in, in the college town, you know. And sure, so sure. I, I Me and started... D Boom put out the first uh, three uh, descendant albums, New Alliance Records. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that's that's amazing. I just did a gig last night with Spotsky. You know, he has a book of his pictures from those days, recording this oh. uh, paranoid time of that. Yeah. Okay, oh, so hey. so it was a, it was a big move to go to Iowa City. It was more cosmopolitan, more infos. Yeah, yeah, and and more people, uh, like-minded people to to pick around with, like and big so petri dish, big fertile breeding ground. Yeah, that's that's why I'm I'm a big proponent of, of swapping things around and diversity and and let's swap oh, it all. Around. Yeah, well, did you have this thing like the cassette tapes, the mixtapes, right? Your buddies would give you a whole bunch yeah. of bands to turn you on to. St- I mean, that's this still goes on now. It's MP3s and stuff, but I learned a lot of stuff. From other cats. Yeah, and it's it's good to stay hungry and, and you know stay curious. And you you do a good job of that with with your radio show. Uh, that well, my radio show know. kind of is a debt. I, I I owe the movement because you know what I mean. <laughs> it was so open ended to let me and D Boone do whatever. I should let people get heard. You know what I mean. So that's why I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to pay down that debt. Will. Well, it, it it's working because um, I get turned on to new stuff and. And um, so, so that's yeah, that's what that time was like, and and so I started. I was doing my country thing, uh, you know, banjo picking, uh, opening up for these uh, hardcore bands and punk bands, and that was where I first learned the term DIY. Was you know, and, and these kids <laughs> put on shows in basements. And I didn't know you could do that. I, you know, I eighteen year old off the farm. I, I didn't. I thought you had to have a booking agent and and all that stuff. And hell no, you, these kids were putting on shows in living rooms and. And that was all new to me, and, and so I, I didn't really come up in the coffee house folk way. I kind of came up through the punk way, and uh, through the back door, kind of, and and that was that. And you know, if you, if you think about it, not the aesthetic part, you know, like uh, what kind of instruments you're using or anything, but they do share folk and uh, the movement, punk movement, kind of share some things about you, you got to kind of do it yourself. Yeah, I mean, if, if if Woody Guthrie wasn't a punk, I mean, who was? I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Or Walt, Walt Whitman having to print his own book of poems. Yeah, you know yeah. that that's eighteen fifty five. So yeah. actually, it's it's an older tradition. I think uh, people, you know, maybe the haircut fooled somebody. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of I, I, I think a lot of the ethics actually go back to there. So you were just doing the man alone thing, not really banned. No, I, I I tried the band thing for a few months, uh, um, and it just didn't. We had a lot of fun playing in the basement, but it uh, just never never worked out. And I I just thought, well, I'll leave this up to the experts, and and uh, I'll be a one man band, but I'll get my camaraderie by by 
doing shows with other right, people. Right, right. You know, sharing, sharing the stage instead of sharing the boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, what yeah. about recording? When did, like, you know, uh, the William Elliott Whitmore solo recording begin? So let's see. So I, I, I jumped in the van in the year uh, 99 with some friends of mine, uh, this band called Tangram, and they let me jump in the band for them, uh, opening up, uh, picking banjo, and kind of being a roadie too. And, and, and they were my friends, and they said, if you can help us carry amps, you can open up the show. And so it, it was the same thing Minuteman with Black Flag. Yeah, I, I love it. I love but it was the same show. thing. You can ride in the boat with us, help lift the gear. <laughs> you can open up. Yeah, okay. Yep. And, so, and you know, and and just like you guys, I mean, not the exact same, but it really that that was the start of a lot because uh, that got me in front of some people. And um, I used to play this place called the Fireside Bowl in Chicago. That was an old bowling alley, and um, there was a label called Southern Records out of Chicago, sure. actually out of London, but the branch in Chicago too. And one of the the women, the woman that ran it, came out and saw me, and. Um, asked if I wanted to put out records on Southern and and I had known the John Loder connection and the London connection and the Crass records and sure, stuff. Sure, sure. So she kind of rolled the dice on me. And, and, I think Fugazi and too. I think Fugazi put out there. Uh, I was with her at the uh, Fireside Bowl she came out and saw. I think Fugazi put out their uh, records in England through Southern. Yeah, yeah. There was a Fugazi connection yeah. uh, which was exciting to me because Again, Absolutely. you know, when I discovered that DIY stuff, I mean, and same same with you guys, too. I mean, out, out west, you know, I thought that's the spirit. I mean, that's the spirit I want to get into, but just doing my own country thing. Right, right, of course. Of course, everybody's got to find their own voice. That's what makes it interesting. So you do this gig at this bowling alley. She checks it out. You want to record for Southern Records. So what was your first recording uh, session like? Where was it at? So, yeah, so I went and recorded uh, with this guy named Mike Lust, uh, who was in a band I really liked, and he had recorded some bands, some other bands I liked, and I had decided to record there in Chicago with him, and he uh, he was known for making, you know, more like rock records and like indie rock, and and um, but I really liked what he did, so I thought, well, I won't go to a, I won't go to a, like a Nashville place or something, I, I want to go where where this stuff's happening, this more indie things happening. Yeah. So again, it was just a, another choice to kind of, you know, sidestep the coffee house scene and, and come in the other way. And sure. So that, that first session was, was really fun. And, and we got players in to play on a couple things. And, and again, that was that, that was that friendship, that, that camaraderie, having friends come in and lay down something else. And, now, um, did you have an that, idea in that, your mind? Like, my first record, is it going to be like trying to capture what I do at my gigs? No, it's going to be because you had other people come in, right? You don't do that at your gigs. So you were envisioning a different thing for the record, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of it is just me, uh, you know, me with the banjo or me with the guitar. And, uh -huh. and there was a couple tunes in there that my friend Mike said, hey, you know, maybe some organ right here or maybe some bass right here. And that was kind of exciting because, you know, that's the beauty of the studio in a way. I mean, sure, sure. I don't want to overdo it in there because, like you say, that's not really what I do live. I but hate, it's okay. It might be its own world, you know, and it's kind of cool to have that be that, and then your gigs are the other. Yeah. 
And you know, you, you know, I was afraid to drench it with too much because I, okay. I don't like that. There, you want to keep the spirit sparse, you know. Sure, sure. But it was, it was fun. So Mike would bring in ideas. He was kind of producer, co-producer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. And I, I didn't even know what that meant at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just was a, a friend with ideas. I didn't learn terms like that till way later. Sure. And. Uh, and it, it, but it was just just so much fun and, and was it quick? Yeah, yeah so we we did that first one in about a week. Actually, those first three records I, for Southern I did in about a week each, uh, which didn't seem quick at the time. I I could have I mean I feel like I would have done them each in a day or two, but uh, there was scheduling and this and that. And I thought a week was a long time uh, at that time. <laughs> I don't know. I mean I don't know your old the old days. I mean. You probably made records in a day or so. Oh yeah, um, you know, double nickels in the dime on the dime was as forty eight songs. Ethan mixed that in one night. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> well, they were little. I mean, I they were little songs. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And uh, what a brilliant, what a brilliant piece. I mean, that's one of those records that that hit me just right. Uh, and uh, again, that, that was that spirit. That's what I don't know if you knew you were reaching Midwesterners. Uh, way back then well we did when we went on tour because people would come to the gigs and tell us yeah and that's got to be good to hear I mean I you know I I love hearing when it affects someone and and I I I just trip out thinking like about bands like Bad Religion or sure that I grew up listening to and uh I just I wonder if they know that I'm literally listening to it on the tractor in the field uh I told that to uh, Brett Gurwitz. The singer man. Oh, no, no, no. He was the bass guy who went to make his own label, right? Yeah, well, he was a guitar player. And, uh, uh, yeah, no, not singer. Uh, That was Greg. But uh, he wrote wrote a bunch of the stuff. And, and, you know, you talking to folk folk and punk being of a a cloth. Uh, I do a Bad Religion cover on this record. And I've been playing it live for years. And. Brett kind of gave me some nice praise. He he said he always kind of thought of that as a folk song, and um, and just had real nice praise for it. And he said he kind of writes, which makes sense for those guys. I mean, a lot of them could be like folk anthems, you know. Well, uh, but, folk uh, was, is like music of the like, people, right? And I really believe a lot of the music from the movement was from the people. Yeah, yeah. And so guys like Billy Bragg and and oh yeah, yeah. I mean, me and him are born on the same day. I think he's a few minutes older than me. Hey, Will, oh, we're at the end trip. of the first that's hour. I, I met him. Did you meet him? I, yeah, he's yeah, a beautiful just briefly, cat. Uh, well, we, we had a good visit, actually. We were both up and up, opening up for this band called The Pogues uh, years ago, this Irish-British uh, band called The Pogues. Sure. And we were both opening up for them, and, and uh, he was so nice and cool. And anyway, he's kind of a hero, too, and uh, just a modern-day uh in the trenches, man. <laughs> yeah. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, September 30, 2018, edition Pedo Show. Special guest, William Elliott Wetmore. Hang, hold tight for our two. September 30, 2018, it's the second hour of the Watt Pedro Show. Johnny had a moonshine still in the bottom of a holler at the foot of the hill. He woke up about break of day, thought he heard his grandpa say, Run, Johnny, run, the fence will get you. Uh-huh. 
Saw them feds around his still. They busted the barrel and the boiler too. Started drinking his homemade brew. He said, Hey, Dad, that's my property. You got no right, so leave it be. And honest living's hard to make when a revenue man is on the take. Run, Johnny, run. They're gonna get you. Uh-huh. You better get away. Johnny making a run and they took him up to Washington Put him to work for the government Making moonshine for the president Run, Johnny, run They gonna get you, uh-huh Better get away, better get away Johnny got rich at the government stills Ran off to his home in the hills And now the feds are on his tracks He still owes a dollar on the whiskey tax Run, Johnny, run They're gonna get you, uh-huh Better get away, better get away You better get away, better get away
Myself while the hours tick slowly by, writing, reading, eating, taking care of my mom's every wish. I let her sip water. I have held her hand a bit once. A good strong squeeze from her knocks on the door from in that quiet holy room. Staff people come and go, just trying to do their job. I can do all I want in the space of two weeks, but I cannot delay the passing in of the inevitable. Soon I will be gone. Will she ask after me? At least the memories of pain are erased. Bits of conversation, disconnected flossum and jetsam. At least I can get through. Blast of furious anger, but again, I always got that. This disease pulls no punches. It takes no prisoners. We all suffer equally. No one knows when the final days will come. From now, for now, let the sun slide down and herald the night.
For Pedro Show, we start off the second hour with Run Johnny Run, William Elliott Whitmore. Then out of Baltimore, Basement Escape Blues from Mold Omen. The Healers out of just west of Chicago, a little town, I can't remember its name, but Jamie, he's a beautiful cat and a hit tune chemistry. The Emperor's Ice Cream out of Brighton, England with Nothing Belongs to You. Guided by Voices, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Brother Bob Pollard, you know, he's got to put out at least 10 albums a year. He's coming soon, I hear, to, I think, the Roxy or something, West Hollywood. Uh, Joe Brewer out of Madison, Days on Days, Patrick Grant, Pedal Swells, and finally, William Elliott Whitmore with Hot Blue and Righteous, the ZZ Top. Yeah, a lot of covers. Well, okay, those uh, first three records were Southern. What's the connect with Bloodshot? So then uh, after the Southern deal, I was hooked up with the uh, Epitaph folks for a little while. Brett. And, and that was cool. Yeah, Mr. Brett, who, who again, was real real nice to me. And, and I like those folks out there a lot. Yep. And I did a few records with them. And, and then, uh, yeah, I got hooked up. There's a guy that works at Bloodshot named Pete Clockow. And okay. he used to okay. work at Southern back in the day. And that's who got a hold of me about doing that um, – that twentieth anniversary comp that actually you you do a song on too. You do a yeah. John Lang song on it. I got invited to do that with a bunch of people. Yeah. That was beautiful yeah. of them. Yeah, I, I thought it was a cool collection. And um so that kind of introduced me to them and and then uh yeah, and then I did a seven inch with them too and and um yeah, so we we started working together and and uh I I've always liked their stuff. I mean I remember collecting seven inches of theirs, Nico Case, sure. and uh, you know the Sadies and, and stuff like right, that. Right, John. I was going to just say, John from the uh, Mekons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, another hero. I yeah, mean, great cat. Really great that, cat. Yeah, uh, your your uh, talk with him was real good on here uh, a while back. Yeah, his journey very incredible, beautiful. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, like this tune I want to play next. Don't pray on me. I mean, they they gave you the idea. Hey, you want to make a record of covers? Well, it was actually something I'd been working on um, for a couple years. Just um, songs I play live that are covers that I throw in for fun, and and um, I've been re- working on it for a couple years, and never really thinking it'd have a home. 
but yeah, I kind of wanted to put these all together and give them a little place to be. Well, you know, it's funky. I shouldn't have said covers because you interpret these songs. You don't, this isn't like a top 40 band giving you some kind of like rubber stamp. This is, you interpret these guys your way. Well, that's, that's kind words, uh, because. No, it's true. Well, that's why I dig it. I love this record. Well, I remember, <laughs> I remember you saying when, it, uh, talking about your cover of John Langford, you, you said, why do a one for one cover? I mean, it's, it's already been recorded one way. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's already been done that way. Let's do it a different way. And I, yeah, I, I feel the same. Like, same uh, Jimmy, when he did, Hey Joe. Yeah, he did yeah. Jimmy's way. Even when Jimmy did Bob Dylan, right? He still did Jimmy's way. Yeah, he, I mean, and he kind of made it his own. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I mean, still, he acknowledged the creator, but he was the interpreter. Yep, yep. An, an, an interpolation or yeah. interpolation or interpretation. That's it. <laughs> I would. Yeah. So I had it. I had it. Uh, in the uh, in the chamber ready to go and so they said let's work together and i said man i already got this record ready to go and all the while i was writing too because uh, i mean first and foremost I, I like to write stuff of course but uh, so so that gave me time to write and and uh, yeah it just kind of all came together and, and they're kind of working with me they're they're not a label that's going to tell you what to do or anything so that that was cool but uh yeah so yeah i, I was proud to proud to put this stuff out you know, I always like when, um, you know, like I said, growing up listening to country music, you know, hearing Willie Nelson cover George On My Mind. Sure. Or something. Or, Whiskey River. Or ha- yeah, hearing, uh, well, old <laughs> man, man, you know, you guys are You hear it at free- the beginning and the end, right? You hear Whiskey River twice. <laughs> yeah, okay, you- <laughs> let, let's listen yeah. to Don't Pray On Me. Electron beam told a story about human rights. So all the king's horses and all the king's men had a riot for two days and nights. The city exploded, but the gates wouldn't open. So the company asked them to quit. Now everybody's equal. Just don't measure it. Hester and Mark David did it to John and maybe Jack did it to Maryland but he did it to South Vietnam for beauty and glory for money love and country now everybody's doing it don't do that to me Airways, while custodians of public opinion stood back after vainly discussing her rights, lay hands off her body. It's not your fucking life. I don't know what stopped Jesus Christ from turning every hungry stone into bread. 
I don't remember hearing how Moses reacted when the innocent firstborn sons lay dead. I guess God was a lot more demonstrative back when he flamboyantly parted the sea. Now everybody's praying, don't pray on me. Said everybody's praying, don't pray on me.
Watch for Pedro Show. Yeah, don't prey on me. William Elliott Whitmore. And then Mike uh, Ragnetta with, um, what is that anyway? It actually was like a 20-minute uh, jam on one big chord, but I thought maybe a couple minutes would be enough so you get the point. Then uh, Omniflux with Foma, Stylish Coma. Uh, Fanfare from Tashiwada with Yoshiwada and Friends. That's a father and son. Trip just came out. And uh, finally, Dustin Wong with New Societies Interacting. Let's zoom in. And we're here with uh, Will talking about this album he did where he interpreted uh, works that other people had written. Uh, while parallel, he's writing for his next thing that's uh, coming down the road. So, so Will, where, where'd you record this at? So this is recorded in a studio that my cousin and I built um, called Flat Black Studios. And uh, we built it out of an old barn, um, not too far from where I live, and not too far from Iowa City, actually. And uh, my cousin's a real, he knows all about recording, and he's a real gearhead and stuff. And he's always been kind of a musical partner in crime. And, uh, you know, when you're a one-man band, you know, you need someone to bounce ideas off of and stuff, like, or almost like an editor, too, you know, like, I'll, I'll come to him with songs, and, and he'll... He kind of helps me, you know, you know, yeah, just be a, a sounding board and an editor a little bit. And, and of course, we're blood. So we we just go way back to being kids. And and but we built a studio uh, just south of Iowa City. And so now, now I can just go there and record whenever I want. It's in a and, barn. Yeah. Yeah. We now, did you divide this barn up into different rooms or is it like one big ass <laughs> barn? <laughs> Yeah, there's one. the The live room is great. Yeah, it's one big ass live room, okay. and then there are uh, like vocal booths and little isolation booths sure. and stuff. And um, but I don't know. I, he just tells me which can to sing into, and I just do that. <laughs> but he knows all the technical stuff. But but it's I'm, we're pretty proud of it. Uh, and so I'm able. Well, this to record sounds great. If you recorded this album there, it's fucking tits. Respect. Does yeah. it get cold? <laughs> it's probably not very insulated, right? Summertime, real hot. Well, no. So, so we actually uh, insulated it all. And, uh, oh, oh, okay, we, okay. And it, it it's pretty nice. And so we uh, we both used to do construction for a living. So we know how to make it square and level and and uh, make it nice. So yeah, we we last few years we've been working on that. And, and um, so he's got an HVAC system in there and everything. So wow. Cool. Does he? Uh, do you guys get uh, have other cats come in there like uh, local music people? Yeah, so okay. so that's how he makes a living now. Is he records about uh, a different band every day almost. Um, so he's he's actually made that into like a, like a real living. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of the southeast corner of Iowa. There's something called Quad Cities, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Davenport and Rock Island and yeah, Moline. yeah. So yeah, there's. Yep. So I, I played there a bunch. Yeah, but uh, I wonder is that where the guys who come to record with your cousin. Or is yep. it just Iowa cats? Well, it's people come from all over. Actually, okay. he, he, it's kind of got a, a decent reputation now, to where people travel, you know, to to come. And but it, it's a lot of Iowa folks too. People from Des Moines and, and Iowa City. And Des Moines. Quad you know, City. I played with a band out of Des Moines and actually gave them a song for a compilation. They were called Fetal Pig. You know. Oh yeah. Them? You know what? That, that's <laughs> another comp we were on together. That four track. Oh, thing. you're on that four track too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Dan. Um, yeah, Dan, the, the cat from Fetal Pig. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I'm, it was I'm, a song I, I wrote for Iowa. Yeah, yeah, Iowa Bound. Iowa <laughs> Bound. 
Yeah, because I, I'm talking about the first opera. There's a song there called What's a Part. It's really one big song, but there's one part where I talk about being Pedro bound because in English it's kind of strange. Bound means connected or tied, captured, but it's also something you're aiming at. You know, I'm. Oh, I, you know, what I mean, it's I got a double that. meaning there. You're you're attached, but you're also I'm bound for there, right? That's where I'm going. You really, you're, you're really not there yet. So I thought that was a... Because it changed my life, right? I came to Pedro. That's where I meet Dee Boone. That's where everything changes. So yeah. in a way, Pedro's I, always part of me. But in a way, I'm never going to really be part of Pedro. I came from Virginia. <laughs> but that's the way life is. That's trippy about that. So I, I was thinking about putting Iowa in that kind of context for Dan, you know, and that four-track, because it was so homegrown. And that's a basic idea of the movement. It doesn't matter, you know, where you're at, right? The, the only thing new is you finding out about it. Just go for it. Let the freak flag fly. <laughs> yep. Okay. What's that? It's where you're at. <laughs> because sometimes people think it just happened once in the 70s. And I don't, I don't believe that. I did yeah, a bunch of intense stuff happened, but there's still spirit of those days still. And like we were talking before with Woody and uh, Walt Whitman, I mean, some of this stuff's been in the air a long, long time. Uh, yeah, we're at the end I, of the second I mean, hour. It's, it's, I didn't mean to pont uh, pontificate there. <laughs> but no, I get all I, carried I, away I, sometimes, but I'm sorry. It's the end me, of the second hour, jerks. September 30, 2018. Special guest... William Ellie Whitmore, hold tight for hour three. <laughs> September 30th, 2018, it's the third hour of the Live from Pedro Show.
with a squeeze of lime And I'll forget I ever met her one glass at a time Ask me if I want another one And I say yes If you would be so kind And I wonder how many more Before I come undone Unraveling her memory from my mind I still remember How the loving of my honey was I only hope her memory leaves Before my money does One glass at a time I'll drink her off my mind And forget that her last name Was once the same as mine Another glass of gin With a squeeze of lime And I'll forget I ever met her One glass at a time 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 time. Yeah, there's a great song John Fogarty wrote for Creedence uh, called Look It Out My Back Door. (laughs) You know, memory and elephants <laughs> playing yeah. in the yard. You got to wa- watch out. You got to be watch out because it's so... I remember when that TV show Happy Days came out and my pop told me, boy, those were not happy days. <laughs> <laughs> Here, we, we start off the third hour with uh, William Elliott Whitmore doing Busted. Yeah, what's the story behind... Why'd you pick that tune? Oh, man. Um, I've always loved that song and I became familiar with it. Uh, off of Johnny Cash's um, sure. live Folsom record, but it's written by this uh, dude named Harlan Howard, who, if you know about country music at all, I mean, he wrote like "I Fall to Pieces" right, and "Patsy Cline." Right. He wrote a million great songs, and um, and I just love love that song. And you know, I grew up pretty poor, and so who who can't relate to that? You know, <laughs> yeah, big time. Then uh, from Hamburg, Cosmo Scheiss, uh, new band. Lawn chair Larry. We had this guy, right? He put a bunch of weather balloons on his lawn chair and some beers and took a rifle. And yeah, he went up into the air. The rifle was to pop the balloons when he was ready to come down. Yeah, it was, what a trip. Uh, be creative with bass and uh, guitar and banjo, people. Maybe not with the weather balloons. Maybe that's a lesson there. Andrea wrote after that with Austria. He's next door to the Czech Republic, so maybe something's about that. And he's an Italian dude. A yurt out of Ireland with a dystopian guyer. Lady Hump out of Pedro here with Drug Knife. Go to play with them. No, we're not going to play with them, but their dude in a band is putting on the gig. Uh, Plebes from 35 years ago with Monopoly. 
And finally, William Elliot Whitmore with one glass at a time. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what, what about, uh, you must have had a lot and some got cut out, right? Did you have too much material at the end of the day for this record? Yeah, there was some that hit the cutting room floor. Right. Uh, there was a, there was a, I can think of, uh, there's this guy, John Prine, who's one of my favorite oh, yeah. songs. Oh, yeah. I mean, just a, I mean, we're all, we're all chasing what he's doing basically, yeah, yeah. but he, he's yeah. got this great song. Uh, I think it's off his first record, self-titled record uh, called Sam Stone. And it's oh, about yeah. a Vietnam yeah. vet coming home and, uh, and how, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, they didn't, they called it shell shock. They didn't call it PTSD, but, but, uh, this song is about this guy, Sam Stone, and he gets addicted to drugs and just has a hard time after the war. And, yeah. and, oh, just a beautiful song. I mean, no, I didn't know a lot of people were writing stuff like that at the time, but, um, man, he really sums it up. So you know, John is still, he's still doing gigs. Yeah, that dude, he's an inspiration. I mean, yeah, he, he really after is. throat surgery, everything. Well, you know, well, I got to tell you, some people want to rewrite history and they want to tell you because they got an agenda or some crap, you know. But, yeah, there's been cats writing songs about stuff like that. Sometimes you got to dig. I'm, I'm glad you stumbled onto that. That's bitching. Uh, what about this fear of trains? Yeah, so, um, man, that, that's, uh, that song actually kind of has this emotional, it hits like an emotional chord in me. Uh I discovered that band Magnetic Fields, oh, like ten years ago or something. Sure. And uh, they're sure. they're just great. Stephen Merritt, just a great right, songwriter. Right. And um, that song's off a record called Charm of the Highway Strip, and it's uh -huh. like a bunch of road songs. And uh, that song in particular. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, exactly. Tour spiel. <laughs> and that, this song, it, it, it hits this emotional thing in me that I don't even know how to describe but i just think of a young native girl that everything bad that ever happened happened because of a damn train yeah and uh so she just got you know and i just think man i, I don't know it just seems poignant right now it, it had all these themes of like the encroachment of civilization and and just oppression and, and anyway I, I just thought it was real poignant and um yeah i, I just i i wanted to kind of give it like a folk arrangement the original arrangement's a lot of uh there's like drum machine and organs and stuff, and I just stripped it all back and sure. And um, yeah, yeah. You, you were the interpreter, Will. It's beautiful. Let's listen. train that took her daddy from her It was the Bible train that took her mama too And that high loud whistle made her horse run away But the straw that broke the camel's back was you It was the government train that took away her childhood it was the KKK that took away her past It was the white man's will that hers be broken But that barefoot girl could run too fast 
Cause the world's too cold for a girl like that With a blackfoot sword and a cowboy hat Everything she loved went down the dragon track She had a fear of trains She had a fear of trains In the beet fields of Montana She's always coming on dead rails To break the plow and whisper, honey Bound to live is bound to fail In a park in San Francisco Her mama shrieks about the Lord And down the dead rails there's an echo The wind is whistling all aboard Because the world's too cold for a girl like that With a blackfoot soul and a cowboy hat Everything she loved went down the dragon track She had a fear of trains She had a fear of trains It was the wagon train that took away her country It was the oil train that took away her land She could have been the belle of the Ponderosa But that was not the fat man's plan Because the world's too cold for a girl like that With a blackfoot soul and a cowboy hat Everything she loved went down the dragon track She had a fear of trains She had a fear of trains Had a fear of trains. Don't wanna look cool, don't need 
to feel special. I'm heading north, heading south, heading east. Break a couple chains and I break a couple leaves. I want the sand and I want the scene, but most of all, I want my honey. I better like the way me at Mandalay. I'll meet you there and I'm not too far away. I better like the way me at Mandalay. Wherever you go, I will tell you gay. A better life awaits me. A better life awaits me at Mandalay. A better life awaits me. A better life awaits me. But you get that life.
snatched from dry earth. Sod busting rakes with gray dust claws announces it's coming into morning. Thrasher magazine, and it was it had to do with life on autopilot. This was in like '93 or '4, and that just reminds me of that. Is you had this whole thing about don't live your life on autopilot, and it was in Thrasher magazine, and I read and reread that, and just thought, yeah, no shortcuts, man. Like 
stay in the driver's seat, keep focused, keep, keep on the mission, keep in the struggle. And, uh, anyway, that like hit me hard, man. You're very kind. Well, the, the, the guy, Brian, the editor or the guy who asked me to do the thing, uh, yeah, I was tr- trying to think of a way to relate existentialism to a skater. <laughs> <laughs> One way was to say, hey, I try to work my base like it was a skateboard. But the other thing was like what you're saying, uh, no autopilot. Be careful, autopilot. Oh, I, there was a song I wrote in the Minutemen called Life as a Rehearsal. Life ain't a rehearsal, really. <laughs> this is it. We're on. Speaking yeah. of which, what, yeah. what, what do you plan to do? Uh, oh, uh, no, no, I got to say what we... After Fear of Trains, we heard uh, Emil, some stuff from Australia. Amos Sniffers, uh, Mandalay... Drug Mums, Oh Death, Raoul Pear, Mod Vigil, and then uh, Bundick meets the Matson too from over here with Disco Kid. Uh, the nature of being one, the nature of being at one with all things from D- David Gerard up in Massachusetts, and finally your righteous uh, interpretation of Bat Chain Puller. Uh, yeah, love it. You know, and there, well, there's actually the Shiny Beast, right, and the Bad Chain. They were actually two records because the cat would sign, you know, you had him a napkin, he would sign it. So he was actually signed to two labels at the same time, and so we got different versions of this stuff. Uh, but speaking of which, uh, this this record, you, you, you planned a tour? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, just got home from touring out west um, uh, with my friends Murder by Death. Oh, shit, I just talked to them. Yeah, yeah, so. Great uh, cat, Adam. Yeah, yep, that's right. And so I was just out in your neck of the woods. Uh, Shit, I wish I would have been able to come to the gig. You know what? The sound man wrote me an email, and I was playing that night. God damn it. Oh, but that's legit. You got to do – I mean, that's that's the, that's the legit. You There's a lot of gigs in SoCal, but fuck, why they got to be on the same day sometimes, you know? Okay, where, where can people find you, Will, on the internet? Yeah, so so then I'll, so I'm getting ready to go back out on tour, heading east, and I'm 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 on the road a lot. But yeah, WilliamElliottWhitmore.com. You could Google your way there, and and um, yeah, man, it, I'm easy to find, and I got my PO box on my website. So write me a letter. Uh, I like hard getting copy. Letters. He likes the hard copy. Yep, yep. And so you can find me. <laughs> yeah, you know what about people that are younger and come up to you and maybe want to ask about the music racket and shit do you have any advice or or just about expression period yeah i would say no matter what your your mode of expression is whether it's painting pictures or or or, uh taking photographs or whatever playing music uh work hard show up on time and uh just focus and 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 ring your bell man you keep ringing your bell and um over time people will start to notice and and but whatever, just do your thing. Don't don't worry about it, whether anyone's noticing or not. Don't worry about that. Just keep ringing your damn bell and uh, work hard and show up on time. That's great advice. Great advice because, yeah, think about it. You got yourself, and then you got everybody else, and the synchronized appreciation thing might not be happening right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's this Japanese word called gaman, G-A-M-A-N. It means patience. <laughs> so maybe you got to have some gum on, huh? And just keep oh, like ringing that. the bell, though. I like this idea of ringing the bell. I like that. Gum on. I'm going to take it. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I learned uh, George Takei, you know, who played uh, Mr. Sulu, right? Yeah. He, he grew up in one of those camps. 
very unfortunate thing. But the, they had a song called Gummin, Hold On, We're Gonna Get Out of Here. There was a fuck up. Things are gonna get right again. It's gonna, oh, and, you know, it was a hell. It was a slug, but he made it. And uh, yeah, he's got a musical, right? It's called uh, Allegiance or something. He's a, he's up there in the '80s and still touring. So me and you can uh, keep doing that too. It's been a big honor for me, Will, to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Truly, I want you to keep pleasure. on keeping on, and yeah, keep the keel in the water, but be the hard charger you are. It's beautiful, Will. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Right back. Right back. People, it's been September 30th, 2018, Dishwap Beetle Show. Special guest, William Elliott Whitmore. Keep your powder dry.